My name is the Reverend Lisa Mason, and I have the great honor of being the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church in Larchmont. I pray that you enjoy this time together. I'm inviting you to open your minds and hearts to whatever message God is sending you during this sermon. gospel this morning is probably very familiar. It is one that is well known. It is one that has certain phrases picked out of it and used casually in conversation, such as render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Now, if that is all we are to take away from this gospel, we would be missing so much. It's a complex story that needs to be broken open because it speaks to us in our lives and it calls us to some self-examination. So think about it, Jesus is in the midst of what we call Holy Week. The last couple of Sundays, the gospel has taken place once Jesus has entered Jerusalem for the last time. So there is this frenzy, this frenetic energy by all sorts of different groups of people for all sorts of reasons. And they kind of come together today in this gospel. The Pharisees and the Herodians, who do not get along, they believe in two very different things, are now on a common mission. They're ready to entrap Jesus. They want to catch Jesus doing something or saying something, which would justify their reason to get him out of the picture. And so the Pharisees and the Herodians come together. And then you have the crowds that have been following Jesus. And then you have soldiers, because that entire week, Jerusalem was on alert, sadly, for violence and outbreaks, waiting to see what would happen as the week played out. There have been many messages and many ponderings about what this Passover would look like. And so the Pharisees and the Herodians come up with this question. And I don't know about you, but the lead in to that question was a little bit like Eddie Haskell. For those that remember, they build them up for good. You know, you're the one that is, shows no partiality. They just lead it up to this big question. And then they say, is it okay to pay taxes to the emperor? Now you can imagine everybody had a different opinion on what they hoped Jesus would say. But it looked like no matter what he answered, he was going to be violating the law. I can only imagine what the soldiers were thinking because they actually made their living on the taxes that were paid. And Jesus says, give me a denarius or denarius, depending on how you say that word. You can say it either way. Now, interesting. Just think earlier this week, you had Jesus encountering the money changers at the temple because you could not enter the temple and use a denarius, Caesar's coins, to pay your temple tax. You had to change it before you went in into the money of the Jews. Now, it's fascinating that immediately the Pharisees and others happened to quickly have a denarius to hand Jesus. And when he looks at it, this is really important, and this gets lost often. Jesus says, who's image is on it now the word in greek for that is the word for icon so whose image is on the coin and what is the title 
And again, the Greek word for title is likeness. Don't forget that. So Jesus takes it, and it's Caesar, they all, obviously, and Caesar proclaims to be from the divine. And he says, well, give it back to Caesar. Render can either be sacrifice and surrender it or return it to its rightful owner. Return the coin to Caesar. It's Caesar's. And then, that's the line we hear the most. And then, but give to God what is God. And there's really no response to that. So, the, so they all just kind of disperse back to where they came from. So where are we in this story? We are created in the image of God. Think way back to the creation story. We are created in the image and likeness of God. We are created and we belong to the God that created us. So I ask ourselves, think about a minute, do you wake up every morning knowing without a doubt that you are God's beloved and that you are created in the image of God? I think back to years before I was ordained and I was on a spiritual retreat and the speaker asked us to think about our everyday lives. What did we do with our money? You know, Jesus said God wants all of us, but God also knows we need to live with what we receive, the resources we have. So how do we use the resource that is money? Money is one of the most talked about subjects in the Bible right after fear. Do we use our money as an instrument for good? Does the subject of money make us fearful? What do we believe about what God asks us to do with money? But it's more than that. What does God ask us to do with our gifts, our talents? What does God ask us to do with our time, who we live and move and have our being with? At that retreat, now this is going, you all just age myself real quick. You were asked to pull out your checkbook now, I have to defend my husband. He will die writing checks to the church because he likes to put his hand in the offertory plate. It's a sign of being all in. I haven't touched a checkbook in a really long time. But on this spiritual retreat, they asked us to pull out our checkbook with the balance sheet or whatever that thing's called. You can tell I never put my checks in there. That thing, you know, the register. And to pull out our day timers. Okay, that's another dating factor. And to go through them day by day. And were we living our lives in the image and likeness of God? And to celebrate and give thanks for how we were doing it. And then to ask God to help us be better stewards in our lives. So that we could see the presence of God and be the presence of God for those we encounter. Our reading in the Old Testament today we hear God say that God is not going to show his face to Moses. Now, I personally believe that that is because God wants us to see God everywhere. If we knew what God looked like, I don't know about you, but if I knew what God looked like, I wouldn't be looking at each and every person as created in the image of God. When we are mindful of who we are and whose we are, 
then we are searching intentionally for how and through whom God shows up in our lives. I don't know about you, but when we come here and we go up to that altar and we reach up our hands or out our hands, whichever you do, whether you kneel or stand, we are saying, here I am and all my brokenness created in your image, God, forgiven and loved. We receive God into our hands and then we take them into our lives. To me, that is what sustains me is we leave this place and we encounter the brokenness, we encounter the violence, we encounter the fear that we are filled with the presence of God so that we might break open that presence and share it with those we encounter and that we might find the God in each other and be that light and be that hope. May we remember who we are and whose we are and to whom we belong and who we are called to share. The beloved love, unconditional love of God. Amen. Thank you again for this time together. I pray that we always remember that we are part of a much bigger story, the story of God's love for God's people and the call for us to learn how to love God and learn how to love each and every other person we encounter with the kind of love that God has for us. And now for a blessing. Be present to today. Do not be anxious about what might happen tomorrow. The same God who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow. God will either shield you from suffering or you will be given the unfailing strength to bear it. So be at peace then and cast aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you this day and remain with you forever. Amen.